Pope Barstool. Oh, yeah, we've got uh, some Facebook nerdery back here on the podcast. Inviting Andrew Foxwell back to the show. He's He took a little hiatus as he went out to Hawaii and uh, couldn't, couldn't get him on the show during that time. So we're going to talk about well, He actually wanted to talk about some, some of the entrepreneur stuff that I'm doing, so we'll start with that. But we're also going to talk a little bit about delivery insights, maybe social proof, a little manual bidding. This is be a good one. Good one for the nerds. So sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Lumer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Podcast, where each week or every other week or something like that, we invite you to, this, to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media and I am not drunk yet, believe it or not. I'm cracking up a bottle right now. About once a month or so, usually once a month, but our friend Andrew was kicking it, kicking it back in Hawaii, so... Didn't have him last month, but welcome back, Andrew. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. How was Hawaii? Oh, uh, mahalo for asking. It was fantastic. It is a beautiful place. Beaches, sunshine. Uh, There's really not much else to say about it. It was uh, was fantastic. The island of Kauai is magical. So it was good. Good to be there. I'm jealous. I'm very jealous. So uh, yeah, you didn't miss much while you're gone. Nothing happened. Nothing happened at all in the world. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it makes it's fine. I, I didn't even read the news or anything. It's fine, <laughs> dude. You're like, I'm telling you, if you did go to Hawaii and didn't read the news, your life probably was so much better. I, I, like, I just remember like over, like over uh, Christmas, New Year's, we went to the mountains, and I just completely shut off for yeah. Oh days. yeah. Oh man. It's nice. it's important, man. It's important, and that's one of those things that, as an entrepreneur, yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to do that. And so, uh, I think I could have taken a bigger mental break, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think probably uh, my buddies that work with me probably would have uh, liked that as well, because they were, thought I was not going to be bugging them on Slack as much. But I was. So yeah, you're kind of a <laughs> kind of a jerk that way. But uh, this is the pub. You got a drink today? What, what are you working on? Yeah, actually, I have a drink, but I already drank all of it. Actually, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> but what I did have on my wife's orders in this glass that is now empty what is because it does have alcohol, is a hibiscus ginger nasala kombucha made in Madison, Wisconsin. Contains. No, it is true. You can look it up. It's delicious. Uh, but I drank it all already. Actually, was, I had a full glass. Uh, we had a little technical delay, so I just drank my booch, uh, and uh, oh, it was so good! It was so good. Actually, uh, you know, just um, trying to trying to go a little trying to go on a little seven day period here before social media marketing world uh, without having any alcohol because I will be having many a lot of it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to do a little cleanse. Um, so I actually had somebody that emailed me. I was like, "You and all your stupid juices and waters all the time." <laughs> the guy, the guy was pissed. So he sorry to be. those of you who are listening on that. But <laughs> yeah, what are you drinking, man? Well, I, I've been talking about this for months. This this shows how much how much beer all of a sudden I'm drinking that I'm getting to the bottom of the barrel. It, this is as classy as I've got right now. Is a Blue Moon Belgian White. It's the final 
non-Coors Light, non-Bud uh, uh, Light in my fridge. And the funny thing is, we've got two beer fridges, but there's like nothing in either one of them right now, which is probably good now that we've got a 15-year-old turning 16. But he's he, he would never touch it. Um, no, he wouldn't. He's, uh, he's a genius. He's a good kid. He's, he's, he's too smart to, to, to know how to, to, to care about that stuff. He's smart enough to, to outsmart me with that. But... um. So no, this is uh, I, I should savor this because it's about as good as it gets right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to you. Cheers. So yeah, I I, I rushed because um, I, I, I before in the past we've like talked uh, on a podcast and I've had a beer and then I go for a run and I feel like that's a really bad idea. Um, so today I like real real quick ran for my daily run. And and I'm all sweaty and smell like uh, someone who just ran for, went went running, and I'm ready to go, ready to roll with this blue moon. I know you sent me a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, absolutely. Where where you want to start today? Well, I mean, one thing that I would love to talk about is I know, and those of you that that read John's uh, blog and are on it, I, I'm sure you've seen, um, you know, kind of his discussion of the new kind of series of entrepreneurship stuff that he's doing. And, uh, you know, I was particularly struck by one that I feel very is very common in the entrepreneur community and specifically in like the digital consultant community is that fear of failure. Uh, that article that you wrote recently. Uh, and I just love to hear about, you know, what prompted you to kind of start doing this a little bit, um, a little bit outside of the Facebook stuff. And we're going to get into the, I want to talk about delivery insights. I want to talk, talk about manual bidding. I want to talk about Instagram stories, but, um, but I wanted to hear your take on, uh, you know, the entrepreneur community that you're building and, and where you're, what your attention is there. And also the, you know, th- that fear of fa- failure article and kind of what, what prompted that for you. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a, there's a, that's, that's, there's a lot, a lot of info to unpack there. But um, so, I, you know, I've been doing the Facebook ad stuff for in terms of being my main piece of content for about five years, I'd say, because the, the website's been around for. Um, about five and a half years, but really wasn't until five years or so ago that I started focusing primarily on, on Facebook marketing and eventually Facebook ads. And but I'm kind of looking long term. It's not that I'm moving away from Facebook ads by any means, um, but there are a couple things involved here. I mean, first of all, um, I've learned a lot over five and a half years, and I think I have a good story to share because. I think like most people who are who want to get into something like this, I'm not your typical entrepreneur. I'm not mm-hmm. trained in business. I never took a single business course. Um, I'm not an overachiever. Uh, I'm not someone who likes to hustle and talks about the hustle and loves loves using that word and and brags about working 24 hours a day and on weekends and holidays and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I want. So, you know, it's just as an experiment, I started uh, beginning, you know, the first week of January, writing two blog posts a week, one that was Facebook ads related and one that was for entrepreneurs. And then I also started up a a free webinar because I also, you know, I already do a free Facebook ads webinar once a month. And then I decided, okay, I also do one for, for entrepreneurs. And the whole thought here, it's almost like starting a new business. Because I can't just market this whole thing to my current audience and think, yeah, they'd all be down with this because they're not all entrepreneurs. 
So while I do leverage it, um, like I'll email my list and say, hey, I got this new entrepreneur post. But if you don't want to see this stuff in the future, just let me know and click this link and you won't see anything about entrepreneurs in the future. Um, so it's something I have to be careful with. But yeah, it's a lot like building a new business. But the, the thought here too is that it's more evergreen, which is kind of a relief. Absolutely. As opposed to the Facebook ad stuff, which as we know is constantly changing, which is good, which is why you know, I think I have, uh, have kind of created this niche in the first place or spot in this niche in the first place because things are changing so fast people need help. But um, so anyway, it, it's, I, I've been starting from scratch. So I've got now, I created a custom website customized to people who, who have read my entrepreneur blog posts. So that's like 25,000-ish, maybe a little bit more people that I can target with that stuff. Um, and I got the the webinars, which are more difficult to get signups for. It, it's, it's funny. It's, it's again, kind of like being a new business. Like when I target my regular website visitors to promote a new webinar for Facebook ads, it's like 50 cents or less per registration. And to, to do it for uh, this entrepreneur stuff costs quite a bit more. And I can't just target my website visitors because they're not all entrepreneurs. So I can just focus on just the people who read those Entrepreneur blog post, which again, small audience. So yep. yeah, that's the whole thought here. I think long term, um, I'm eventually going to start a community. I think that's what you're getting at too. I mean, my plan originally was gonna start was gonna be to start it boom, real quick, you know, January, February, like whenever I had that first uh, webinar. Uh, I was either gonna start a community or, or do a training program and it's like training program, like where do you start? <laughs> like a four-week training program for entrepreneurs like there's just so many things you could you could talk about i figured it might make more sense to start the community first but you know now i'm kind of in that same position a lot of these these businesses are in where they start maybe not necessarily from scratch and you're like this isn't the very very beginning but you kind of lack confidence like do i have enough people where if I were to start that community today, it would be a community worth joining in the first place. There'd be any value because if you get five people, it's not really a community. So that's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the you know the community aspect of it, it would be huge. So um, I just wanted to say kudos on that and kind of give people a, an idea of where you're coming from on that entrepreneur community, um, and be sure to check that content out. It, it, you know, I think it, yeah, and to kind of piggyback, so in that fear of failure post. I mean, that's something I still deal with today. And really why, look, that community hasn't been launched yet. But um, at the same time, I'm still doing something about it. So um, I sent out an email mm-hmm. to everybody like, you know, if, if this is a community you'd be interested in, join the wait list. So, so that way I'm like, okay, now I at least ha- have a visual of uh, this many people who'd be interested in it if I were to start today, assume maybe, I don't know, fourth fifth, tenth, whatever, would actually join. We'd ha- This is how many people we'd end up with. Is that acceptable? Um, as opposed to just being irrationally scared that no one's going to join the damn thing, um, have, have some kind of data to work off of. So the whole point of, of that post, too, is like to kind of break through that fear of failure that those people who find the most success fail a lot. I mean, because you learn from that stuff. And, and, um, mm-hmm. and I made a lot of baseball uh analogies and whatnot. <laughs> yeah because I, I told i told my my son's baseball team exact some very similar things 
It's like I see it in them too. It's like you're you're fair, you're afraid of making a mistake. Um, and what, what does that lead to? You usually make a mistake. And um, it's not like the people who have the most success on the baseball field too just are automatically really talented and don't make any mistakes. They've been through all those things and, and they learn from those experiences. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in that post. Absolutely, and I think uh, conquering that fear is uh, is something that uh, those of us that are out here on our own have to do all the time. There's an increasing number of people that are doing what we do, mm-hmm. and uh, you're like, oh, "Am I going to fail? Am I going to am I going to fail?" And uh, you know, there's some some that prescribe, and I do a little bit to the idea of uh, you know only the paranoid survive. Too. <laughs> so I think having some of that paranoia is okay because it keeps you keeps you going. Uh, at least for me, it's a fuel for me. So anyway, I, I'm glad to talk about that. And I just wanted to say uh, kudos on getting that started um, and, and, and get, look, getting people going, because I'll tell you, I've been very inspired by reading those posts, John. So thanks, man. Sure. And I mean, how, how long ago did you guys start your business? Well, we started our business about uh, about two and a half years ago. So I mean, technically about three years ago now. So, um, you know, it's it, it's crazy. And, and I think you have to, people have different goals, obviously. And I think a lot of us that do this, it's, uh, you know, you're not trying to get, get rich quick. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a, it's, you know, and, but it's not a lifestyle business either. You don't want to just go on a, you know, set it and forget it. You know, you, I, I like, I always tell people, I, I grew up a, on a farm and I like to farm. Mm. I like to get, I like to get up. I like to check my ad campaigns. I like to do the work. I like to talk to clients. Um, that's fun for me. And I know, you know, I like that, that grind, that not a grind, but I like that kind of farming part of it. So, uh, so I never have had to, you know, my only fear is that I won't make enough to cover my mortgage. So mm-hmm. thus far that hasn't happened. <laughs> so, so we're okay. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, uh, but it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a fascinating thing. And I think getting those ideas out in the open too, because as you, as you're a consultant, what you don't realize is that so many people have the same issues you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people are, are, are thinking the same things and are the same challenges and, you know, you feel that you're out there on your own, but you're really not. So that's where a community can be really supportive, you know, is through something like that. So anyway, I appreciate you doing that. But uh, but you want to get talking a little bit about this new delivery insight stuff? We can. Look, uh, I still don't have it. So oh, you don't even have, you I don't do, have delivery. Insight. I just checked it again today just to make sure. Um but yeah, for whatever reason, I don't have it. I, I think I'm, I mean, unless it's also in Power Editor, because um, I think I'm pretty much white labeled on the Power Editor side, but apparently not on the Ads Manager side. Because um, I just finally got the new Ads Manager within the last week or so. Uh, yeah, I, I did as well on different accounts. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. The Deliver Insights thing, you know, we have it in a, we have it in about thirty percent of accounts right now, mm-hmm. um, and it is really it's very very helpful. You know, one of the things that's uh, well, let's, let's uh, back up for uh, a second. So so explain yeah. what it is. Uh, absolutely, where absolutely. it is, and what's the kind of Deliver Insights. Deliver Insights in the Ads Manager. Uh, is a feature that you now have potentially um, that set, that shows under your results and it says see delivery insights and it shows you a, a number of different things. It uh, it will show you things like your audience overlap. Um, so it'll show you basically are you bidding at the same people? Um, little did we know, and I I guess I kind of knew this, but not entirely um, that 
there actually is a uh, deduping that takes place. Mm -hmm. So if you are bidding at the same group of people, um, Facebook will automatically be deduping that um, and making sure that you're not hitting them and it will show the best creative. So it'll tell you basically, okay, here's your, you know, the amount that you're, it's already deduping and the amount of overlap. Um, and actually in the account that I had it in, the one that I use the most, it's not showing right now. So I can't uh, get into it uh, to go through the exact specifics. But it shows that and it shows basically how much of the audience are you reaching. And then it'll give you an idea generally of how many, how people can kind of a, what I'll call an extended relevance score of basically how people are taking it. And if there's a, a part where maybe they need to, it, you know, get refresh creative. Basically, it's it's like a how long are they kind of looking at what's the quality of it. So over time, Facebook, of course, if the, your ad has been shown a lot, it will diminish it showing again um, in the, as the frequency gets higher and it costs you more money. Uh, so this, there's an indication on there that shows you, hey, you know, this is something you may need to get. The thing that's funny is now in the Power Hitters Club, uh, johnloomer.com backslash PHC, there now is a lot of people talking about what's a metric. <laughs> so they're like, what's a benchmark, excuse me? Oh, so people are saying like, you know, oh, there's, I mine says 12. And uh, somebody says, oh yeah, my rep said 25% overlap is okay. And so I, there's still definitely things to be learning about it. But I think one of the pieces that's always been a black box on Facebook has been this delivery and the auction side of it. Mm -hmm. And Facebook has for a long time told people, make sure that you're deduping things, make sure you are using exclusions. Yeah, and I've um, always said BS. I've always that. like, yeah, I'm not, you know, Facebook smart enough to not, to, to not do that. Um, and, you know, one of the classic examples is, uh, I would say up until about a year ago, Facebook reps would always recommend what was called nesting lookalikes. So if you're trying to scale an account, and I still hear it from clients that call me up. I mean, if you're scaling an account, they'll say, all right, take the same ad and the same ad set uh, and do a 3% lookalike of previous customers and then do a 2% and exclude the 3% and do a 1% and exclude the one and, or the two and the three. And so, you know, to, to make sure that they're fully deduped. Well, this has never worked. Mm -hmm. Like it's it always crashed. And then it's great because they recommend it. And then um, we actually like get clients off of it because mm -hmm. it's a bad idea. Right. <laughs> so. So it's one of those things, but I think one of the black boxes that's been channeled, you know, in, in the last, let's say, year has has really been this delivery piece and under delivery. We've never had under delivery and not a lot of issues with under delivery, but we are having them now more than I've seen. The other thing that's been the black box is the, is the relevance score. We know kind of what goes into the relevance score, but not a lot. So this is giving us more transparency on that, basically saying, okay, on zero to 10, Here's how your ad is received. Here's why, because there might be a lot of overlap or because the audience has seen it too many times, your frequency's high, et cetera. So they're clearly giving us more transparency around it, which is good. So we'll, we'll continue to learn more about Delivery Insights, but um, but thus far, I've, I've been playing around with it. I just got it two days ago, so I, I'm not an, I'm, oh, I'm close to an expert on it. Yeah, it, it's I find it interesting because I can't even tell you how long I've had people coming to me concerned either about the way they're targeting or the way that they know I'm targeting, like, oh, but you're bidding against yourself. Like, you, you, you've been talking to a Facebook ads rep, haven't you? 
Uh, he's like, uh, I, well, all I know is this. If it works, you do it. And, and so I, and, and then when I say, okay, well, maybe you're right. Maybe I need to exclude. So I'll, I'll like, like the look-like example I've, I've done before, you start excluding one from the other. And all of a sudden it's like, well, that's weird. I'm getting w- worse results. So why exactly should I do that again? Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I always kind of just assumed that, first of all, Facebook was smarter than that. Because uh, they always had, look, the thing is they already have built-in controls to make sure you don't reach people more than a certain number of times, depending on their connection to you. Um, and and also, if I found like if you get too cute with your exclusions next thing you know is you're not even targeting the people you should be targeting in the first place because you've excluded them out of it and right right i mean these are people most likely to act in some cases i mean if you're doing lookalikes maybe not but um when i'm doing my website custom audiences like well why would i do that so um and and so when we talk about you know what are the thresholds and things like that for for uh deduping and I don't know. I have no idea. And I don't even have it right now. But it's just like everything else. Just like when we talk about frequency. What's what's the frequency you want to make sure we keep it under the, once it gets to that point that you stop? I don't know. Is the ad still working? Is that, like if it, is it still a, yeah. an acceptable rate where, where you're paying a, the, the price that it's, it's uh, profitable for you? If so... It's 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 a good spot for you. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah. It, it, it's interesting. I, I mean, one thing I'll say, I, I I'm excited to kind of talk about this because it's in a it's an experiment that I ran. Um, that uh, I I think I learned a lot uh, in in the month of uh, February, actually in the late February, early March. Um, and basically what it was is a lot of people have been telling me and a lot of people, uh, don't say outwardly in PHC, uh, it's, it's potentially people feel like it's a weird strategy. Um, but one of the things that in the relevant score, we're talking about that is the black box kind of, uh, getting into talking about that is one of the things that's clearly overweighted in the relevant score is social proof. Mm-hmm. So likes, comments, and shares on that post. If it has a decent amount of engagement, it will serve for a cheaper price and it will, you know, which makes sense, right? You get good engagement on people are talking about it. That's something that is there, but it's, it's definitely overweighted. So I had a, a client that I had worked with for a long time and I transferred them to a bigger agency eventually. And, um, what they did right away was rebuilt it, and they had. I'm not going to go into too technical of the detail, but basically they had, uh, you know, a, some lookalike set up for top funnel, uh, a 30 day retargeting, um, and they had the ads that were in the top funnel running as photo posts, um, and then they took the exact same photo posts and ran them in uh, a, a series of cheaper countries to get engagement on them. Um, so they're serving top funnel posts with engagements or with, excuse me, with relevant scores of nine and tens <laughs> to a cold audience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I tried this, uh, in one of my accounts because I thought that's really interesting. It's, it, it's very easy. It's not as complicated as some of my campaigns. Um, 
in talking about the competition thing, I like to split things at the ad set level of, especially within retargeting specifically, of, you know, a cart retargeting and a four-time page visitor last 90 days type of thing or something like that. And I like to split them out. And of course, there are people in those that are probably competing against each other. So I thought, oh, this is great. I'll simplify everything and, and do it. And it and it like didn't bomb. They didn't lose money, um, but we broke even and weren't profitable. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of it is potentially because of the spend, uh, it, that there wasn't enough room to scale in the way that the other client um, that I had uh, had been working with transferred had done. Um, but it also just didn't really work. It just mm -hmm. didn't, it wasn't, it just wasn't something that drove the sale uh, for this client. So I have actually gone back to the model of getting social proof on them from generally a wider selection of audience. So, uh, you know, a, a 5% lookalike um, of good customers and getting better social proof on it that way. Um, and using that, and then I'm actually doing uh, top of funnel, I'm doing carousel ads of the best selling products and splitting those between best, uh, the best lookalike audiences I have, which are potentially competing against each other. Um, and then I'm doing a low funnel uh, splits as well. And that, and it's working better. It's, you know, about three times return on ad spend and, mm -hmm. and now we're back where we were. So it's really fascinating. So, you know, there's a lot of lessons in that. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, but I think what's fascinating about to me is, is this social proof thing and how influential that is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, there's a push by Facebook clearly to show you the deduping um, and the, the competition piece. Um, but the reality is in their own, in their own auction, it's still better than excluding <laughs> and, 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 you know, it still works better. And so it's smarter than me. And it's smarter than the manual overrides that I could put in, in many cases. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just wanted to share that with people because it's been a, it was a big lesson for, for us as we kind of took a leap on that idea. Yeah. And I guess my question for you, and you probably may not know this because it's in that black box, but is it that Facebook overweights uh, social proof or is it that just, is it just because people respond to social proof? I think it's, I, I think, I think, it could be that people respond. I personally feel that Facebook overweights social proof, um, even in the relevant score, which is directly attributable to the CPMs and the placements that you're getting. Um, you know, I would. It was. It was very interesting. And the total experiment um, we were driving. Uh, if you looked at all of our top funnel traffic that we were driving um, in the photo post engagement idea, uh, we paid 61 cents to get cost per website click. Brand new traffic, never been there, brand, not a fan, et cetera, not a customer. Um, and then in the me method I run now on getting what we are trying to do, on Inst we're using, of course, Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Um, we pay about $1.20, mm -hmm. but it's more profitable mm. uh, because I think the clicks are more quality. And I also think that the, you know, a, a, a link post um, and some, I'm sure I'll get emails saying, you know, hey, that's way too expensive. But the reality is on a link post, that's what it costs now in the newsfeed. And on Instagram, that's what it costs um, in many cases. So anyway, it's kind of, a, it, it was, it's counterintuitive um, a little bit because uh, I thought it was going to, was going to work a lot better. Um, but the other thing is the importance of creative. I mean, it's more important now than ever. I mean, you just, 
you can't put something out there that doesn't really show what you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's impossible. It's just not going to do anything for you. Yeah. And that quality, so, anyway. that quality is so important. I mean, it, uh, there's too many people who are obsessed with metrics that don't matter. So example would be, um, you know, the click through rate or just the, oh yeah, I'm getting all these, these clicks and here's my cost per click. But so they may love audience network, for example. And I'm sure there's some people having success with Audience Network. I've always found it to be a complete bomb and that I get probably the best, by far the best cost per website click on it. And none of those people do a damn thing, though. Which is kind of, it's real, I find it really interesting, though, because this is still targeting a highly qualified audience. A lot of times it's website custom audiences and things like that. Forever, and that's why I still think that a lot of those people are clicking accidentally on those uh, Audience Network ads. Um, as opposed to clicking at a normal rate, but um, yeah, it's it's really yeah, I find it find it really interesting. But uh, uh, interesting points, and, and I also go back to, and I know, like you said, people are gonna write to you and say that you're, those those rates are too high. That's why we build a long term audience of website visitors and people who are close to us, and we don't have to pay sixty one cents or a dollar twenty. Yeah, and I mean, you know, but we get let's say we get uh, we get them in, and uh, they come to the site, and we make them familiar with us over time, and and it wins. Yeah. You know, I mean, it works. And I guarantee, so, if you start, um, if you now remarket to those people who clicked on those that were at a dollar exactly. twenty or sixty, it's a different, cents, totally different story, a whole lot less. Yeah, and I mean, but you know, we're going, we're competing, we're competing against a, a, a highly competitive set of people, so that's what it costs. Um, and you know, I don't know. It's interesting too. Instagram is showing more impressions um, than it has previously. It's showing a lot more impressions than it ever has. Splitting that out at the ad set level, um, and so that's been a very good thing. A lot of quality coming from that. One thing we've talked about before on the show that I wanted to chat about too is uh, I want to. Eat my words a little bit on manual bidding. Um, what was your position on manual bidding? Well, before you know, man, I was a huge proponent of manual bidding. Ah, so you're um, on my side now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I just. Well, you know, look. In some cases, it still makes a lot of sense to, to manually bid, mm-hmm. but uh, in other cases, and I think Facebook has really updated the. Uh, they've updated the bidding a lot and done and done a lot of upgrades in the technology there, and so right now you know that 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 seven day click one day view just straight up optimized for that has just been great, and that has been working really well under conversions for us um, just using that. So now I don't have to mess with that manual bid to try to force it into the auction, uh, which has been huge and saved a lot of money. Um, before I just it never worked it and I didn't trust it. So, but we are still getting back to one of the episodes we had in January where we talked about that, you know, bidding for impressions. We are at a very, very qualified set of audiences still doing some impression bidding because it's a great way to get in front of them. Uh, using brand awareness ads as an example. Um, different way to get in front of them in, in the algorithm. But I think on the, you know, on the manual bidding stuff, I will have to eat my words a little bit on that because right now it it is not working as well, and we've been A-B testing it all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I personally always felt like it was more work than it was It was worth. It was almost like, uh, you know, it's, let's see if we're smarter than Facebook kind of thing, and it's something to talk about. But um, I think uh, in terms of trying to be efficient, I've always preferred to, to go auto, 
there are times where you have to go manual, you know, depending on the, the type of optimization you're doing. But uh, and and also I, what I've seen, at least again, it's not universal. It's like if you if your if your goal is to get the cheapest actions and you bid low, it often has the the reverse result. Not that you necessarily get <laughs> not right. necessarily, necessarily get expensive actions, but what happens? Like you might not get as many. You, you know, you get the bottom of the barrel, low quality actions. Um, and but if you want to bid for the right people, you use that to bid higher. So um, it's often counterintuitive in the first place. So it's like you know what, enough of the the madness and trying to figure out what how how I'm going to outsmart Facebook. Just roll with the auto. Um, yeah. Now what I haven't done in a while, and I think you were talking about bidding for impressions. I mean. I still pay for impressions. So when, when you get charged. So I'll optimize for link click, for example, when I'm trying to drive traffic and I pay for the impression. Now, I haven't experimented much lately because that's the way it used to be back in the day. And then all of a sudden, within the last year or so, Facebook started giving you that, the option to pay for the click. Or actually, that it's, all, it's the default now. So I <laughs> proactively select to, to pay for the impression. But and I think that's also because the audience I'm going after it's highly uh, engaged. So I feel like I can maybe in that case outsmart Facebook a little bit. But I feel like I should go back to testing that out a little bit. Maybe use Facebook split testing feature to um, compare the results of paying for the impression versus paying for the click. uh, Yeah, I I agree. And the times that I've done it, impression has always been the best. there have been times when the optimizing for the actual click when you pay is better is better, but it's been low funnel and mm. I it's not a lot of volume. Yeah. Um, in the time when we we've been the pay per click actually or like the you know paying for that is actually uh, been with messenger ads when we've done those that's been actually where it's worked better. Mm. Uh, but there's still not much scale there, but messenger ads are actually really a great way to reward your, your best people, uh, send them that ad and says, Hey, you rock. We've got this thing going on. (laughs) Here's 20% off. Love to have you be part of it. Um, Mm. that, that type of exclusivity has been working on the, on the, you know, paper, the click side of it. Yeah, I still really, um, so. really haven't experimented with with uh, messenger ads. It's it's funny because, um, I you know I I have a an audience, I created a custom audience that people have messaged my page, so I can target those people, and I I tried it once. I tried running a messenger ad that then, again, can only appear for people who have messaged you before. You can have a an ad appear in their Facebook Messenger, which is crazy, and I got it didn't do anything. Uh, and I don't know if I did anything wrong or what. And I just abandoned it after that and never tried it again. But I'm sure it could be effective. I think it, it could, it's also very intrusive. So I don't know. Well, I'm sure you get a It is. It is. And you kind of have to, you you know, but if it's, you have to, they have to be your people and like yeah. not be bothered by it. But I mean, we've seen CPAs, uh, you know, 70% less in cases when we've done them um, than what we get in a normal CPA. But there's no, there's not a lot of scale. Uh, the way that uh, the way that Molly Pittman at Digital Marketer did this, she talked about it in an episode that they launched in uh, November, I believe, was a they ta- she basically ran a she found a little hack, ran a boosted post, and then said message our page for a special offer, 
and then got people in. Um, but these are Facebook marketers, digital marketers. So these are people that are naturally inclined and, and then they were able to get a lot of people in uh, that way. And, and the ad was pretty successful. I think they saw, you know, 10 X return off of it or something. So there's a little, there's po possibly little pockets of things like that. But, um, yeah, I was yeah. just talking to, to somebody this morning who owns a, they run the digital for a grocery chain. And I was like, why don't if you get, you know, messenger ads for them would be great because they have these people that have opened every email that they send for coupons in the mm -hmm. last two years, four times they open the email or, you know, some cr crazy number of things they could pull out and say, Hey, there, here's a, here's a, a super saver thing for you to, you know, so yeah. kind of reward them for that loyalty or something. Like that, yeah. So. I mean, I would say that most brands, most advertisers that are going to try to use a messenger ad um again understanding that you can only target people in that case who have messaged your page before um, should probably create some sort of funnel for that so really the way to do that is you first create a campaign where the ad is using a, a messenger destination so when they click on the ad they go into a conversation in messenger um obviously make sure they know that they're going into that <laughs> otherwise they might be annoyed once they get there so we're not tricking them into that but so, so have some reason that we're going to start a conversation with them via messenger is that first ad. And so then, you know, we're, we're building that audience of people that we can target with the actual messenger ad. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's the, the right approach for most, because seriously, most, most pages aren't going to have enough people to target in the first place to make it worthwhile otherwise. Yeah, I agree with you. So what are your, uh, kind of getting in the, into the closing here, uh, what are some of your predictions Prediction, you know, let's take some, this March Madness time. I mean, it's time to kind of, you know, throw some thoughts out there on what's going to happen at F8. Oh, what's Facebook, March Madness. Uh. What's going to, what's, what are, what's Facebook putting out there in, at F8 that you think is going to be like, oh, that rocks. I don't know, man. Uh, I, say, <laughs> I, 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 for the first time, I think, I think it was the first time this year that I did this. You know, I have a lot of people who reach out to me like, I'm putting out this roundup of everyone's predictions for what's going to happen in 2017. Can I have your paragraph of the things that you think are going to happen? I didn't respond to any of that. It's like, I don't know. Like, I can't tell the future. And all, all I know is we have these trends that are going on. And so really that's not a prediction at all. It's just kind of looking at trends and kind of expecting it'll build off of that. So, I mean, I think we can always expect that Facebook's going to keep continue to push video. They're going to continue to push VR. Uh, they'll continue to push and, and improve targeting. Um, probably Messenger, although it seems like they're kind of pivoting a little bit with Messenger. Uh, I, I assume it's going to involve those things. That's not much of a prediction. It, it's, it's, it's a really safe prediction, but... That's about as much as I'm willing to do. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think they're going to come out with Facebook groups, uh, group ads. Uh, and I think probably they're going to take this Atlas uh, measurement stuff and roll that out. My boy Scott Shapiro, who's running out of Facebook, is going to be rolling that out, I would guess. Um, so who knows? That, that that's, Those are the big things. And then probably something else around Messenger. Um, so we'll see. But that's 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 what I'm thinking right now. I'm I'm uh, protesting because they they boned me again. My my, my first attempt to uh, to uh, register for F8, 
got the rejection just like last year. I eventually went last year just because I then worked my connections. But you know what? I'm not going to work connections this time. I didn't get accepted. I just won't go. That's, that's all right. Let's see how it is. Are you going to go? Are you going to go to that page? No, I'm not. I, I'm, I, I haven't been invited. I mean, I was invited because I'm a developer on a lot of my mm. client uh, accounts. Uh, but... Uh, but I am not gonna not gonna go. It's it's all good. I actually I enjoy to be honest with you. I enjoy watching the sessions more and then just reading about the whole Dude, but the, flood of things that come afterwards. The so. goodie bag though, that was a sweet goodie bag we got last year. So we got I, I would bet. we got a, a Samsung phone. That you got an Oculus that didn't blow up, and, and it wasn't the Oculus. It was whatever the the VR thing is um, for for Samsung. And uh, the boys were using it forever, and then all of a sudden they lost the phone. <laughs> they don't have the phone for it anymore. So uh, we just have the, the VR thing, but um, that's reason in itself to go right there. But it, it was pretty crazy, right in the middle of everything. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so. Yeah, it was... ah, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I think, uh, yeah, we got to get rolling. Um, any, any, any last last comments before we uh, start closing out here? What do you think? No, that's uh, there is uh, no other comments. I, I, I enjoyed this discussion, and hopefully, people found it helpful. Good, good, good. Well, where where can people find you? I got to finish uh, a little sip of my beer here. Well, we can. Uh, people will find me at uh, foxwelldigital.com. You can also find me at Andrew Foxwell on Twitter and Foxwell Digital on Facebook. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, thoughts or anything, you always can email me at Andrew at foxwelldigital.com. Uh, and I look forward to hearing from you and kind of hearing the things that are working for you. So thank you for getting to the end of the podcast. And also, if you want to work with Andrew to uh, for, for a one-on-one, walk through your strategy, just go to johnloomer.com slash consult, and uh, you can pick between me or Andrew or, or JR, depending on what you want to do, uh, but, but no pressure, you can, any, anything, whatever you want to do. And uh, yeah, so what, you, you still getting those? Still getting people to sign up? Yeah, yeah. I had uh, just had one that signed up for the end of the month. I've been kind of a little bit dark on them because uh, I have been traveling, but uh, picking them back up here in April. So feel free. There's a lot of free times. I added another slot. Um, so feel free to to uh, to book it and, and love to chat with you about things that are working for you and how it's going. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to see you in social media marketing world, right? That's right. We will see you there uh, pretty soon here. Actually, a week from today is when I will be seeing you uh, seeing you in San Diego. Word. All right, man. Well, thanks again. And Thank uh, you. It's always fun. Until next time, everybody, do awesome things. We're out. <laughs>